Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dirty Side of the Grid podcast, where, I mean, I've turned up late to qualifying, and do you know what it is? It's, it's so late, it's not even qualifying. We missed the race. I'm now, I've pulled up onto the grid of an F1 car, and I'm surrounded by MotoGP motorbikes. So, certain guys are going to have to get punted off their mopeds, to be honest. Um, I'm Mohammed, and as you might see on the video, but if you're on audio, you won't know, that Yusuf isn't actually here. Uh, this episode is going to come out pretty late, but uh, he's not available and we haven't had any guests on yet. So I just thought, you know what? I'll do it myself. So I guess we're here. Uh, we're doing this now. Austrian Grand Prix. It's been quite a few days, but I'm here to talk about it. There's still like a week until France. So might as well fill that gap feels weird not doing this for a long time so mad we're actually gonna have to skip so much stuff i'll try (laughs) i'll try to do as much as i can by myself but at the same time i won't be the things yusuf does i won't be doing them myself so yeah this (laughs) i'm just gonna be waffling this whole hour but we'll see how it goes um yeah oh my the guy used his mega driver that is very interesting oh my i've just seen in the fantasy well fantasy happens at the end so we're saving that for now um geez okay yeah news 60 second basically okay well in terms of news what we have going on it's gonna have to start on a negative i can't lie it's gonna have to the fans the fans it's another talking point i know last week or the last episode uh we had to begin the silverstone one talking about racism for like a good 20 minutes and unfortunately it's just happened again to be honest um people i've seen loads of tweets they're going everywhere about people being harassed not just online but literally at the um they were at the track being catcalled I don't even want to, there were some horrible things going on, things about pictures, things about things being said, certain people speaking Dutch to people, not realising that they understood, oh, was it even Dutch? I think it was, I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen one person in particular talking about um how she was being spoken, or not directly, but she overheard someone speaking to their friend in Dutch about her who, uh, let's just say she understood and i'm sure she uh, wishes she didn't but in general it's just it's just disgusting to be honest like i actually um i was listening to on the chicane um it's another podcast check them out if you haven't heard of them uh normally i don't like to listen to a podcast like i've got into the habit of not listening to podcasts before filming this one but that one kind of slipped through I was a bit bored on YouTube and it came up on my subscriptions. So I just thought, you know what, I'll listen to it. And uh, the two girls in there spoke about it very, like the the way they put their points is very good and they spoke very passionately about it. Because obviously I've got to say from my perspective, this isn't something that I can personally relate to, but I, you know, I, I feel like being a human being, as much as you might not know the struggles that people might have gone through, um, or you might not understand what it's like to walk past a group of guys and, you know, overhear something or know that they're looking or whatever it is that might happen. You should still be able to like empathize with 
the feelings of someone else or when you're told these kind of experiences you should understand how that would make you feel I guess like I don't know I feel like people just jump to people are just bad at kind of putting themselves in other people's shoes as simple as it is and as much as we're told as children growing up or I feel like a lot of people haven't weirdly but you know you're told like don't do what others don't do to someone else what you didn't do to yourself or whatever it is and all of this stuff and then we get grown men just not following this advice and then we ask why we hear it all the time or why we get bored of hearing all this stuff because surely everyone's understood it by now but clearly we haven't so yeah just do better i guess guys gotta be doing better the track as well and the staff i was hearing things about i haven't been to like you know big events like concerts or um i haven't been to a race before i probably mentioned that a few times so i don't know what a good event and a bad event would look like but people talking about there should be more security there should be a like a, a phone line or whatever it is like just things in place to help out with that stuff the track side people clearly weren't prepared for that but their reaction was putting up a message on one of the screens about like being nice or something and it it just i don't know it's it's acknowledgement but it's a bit of a slap in the face and then obviously f1 came out with their same usual um we condemn this and that and obviously you can tell it was a big deal because if it was just a couple like twitter accounts saying this kind of stuff <clears throat> and it was one or two events to one or two girls f1 definitely wouldn't have mentioned it at all but it got to the point where they had to and they said something and their reaction was the exact same well i, I can't say obviously it's not going to be the exact same but essentially what they've basically done is whipped out their their condemning notes in their files of uh, someone's computer switched out the words racism and you know discrimination homophobia whatever it is sexual harassment and then just put that out there on twitter and problem solved i guess so women if you don't feel comfortable at the track f1's posted there they've condemned it so there's nothing more they can do unfortunately so yes that's your problem now don't take that out of context um nah, that's so weird you know i won't think about what i say basically just people have got to be i don't know people have just got to stop being idiots and obviously the main thing actually the biggest thing that we can take away from this because it's very easy to say it's not me and what can i do about it and i can't do anything or whatever it is just be vigilant like if you notice it call it out and if you see someone who's uncomfortable obviously if they're understandably not trusting towards you or whatever it is i don't know you don't you don't have to be forward with it but like at least offer some sort of support so i don't know people just got to look out for each other because i feel like the the worst thing this is something else i'm obviously picking up from on the chicane definitely listen to what they had to say about it um it sounds like the worst thing that could happen is if it happens in broad daylight in public with people around and then the surrounding people don't do anything because then what's the point then you're literally like just as vulnerable by yourself as you are in front of other people thinking you're safer in a crowd and then the crowd does nothing that's just i don't know you'd lose i would lose faith in humanity at that point so yeah horrific start but it had to be said um 
and literally actually uh probably like half an hour before i recorded this an aston martin employee who i don't know the full situation i don't know if they were i think they were fired um aston said it was for performance or whatever it is but he's come out and spoken to sky sports and said he was facing a racism pretty sure uh in the report that i saw he started work in february which means this year he started work with aston specifically and he's been facing like discrimination racism during his time there and you know these are the same people who when you apply for a placement there which i did they're going to give you the whole equal opportunities uh, employer stuff if you go on their website or wherever it is they're going to say you know we race as one and all of this and we don't we have a zero tolerance policy for discrimination they're going to be the same ones retweeting all of the statements that f1 does about condemning racism and all the rest of it and all that and the entire list of it and then in their own company they've got this stuff going on now they've said that they've dealt with it and uh, i think i saw a statement about the people who were doing this to not be employed there anymore and you'd hope that would be the case but i don't know i don't know you can't really there's not much more i can say on that to be honest uh so yeah it's disappointing it would be nice to have him on actually i feel like the um the guy was from south africa it was his dream to work in f1 and he actually made it like a similar situation to me and that's the most terrifying thing about it all. Like, this is the kind of spiral I'm going to get into when I'm here without Yusuf to keep me in check. But, like, fully, if, you know, I've, I started watching F1 when I was six or seven years old. I was probably about 13 when I realized I couldn't be a driver because, you know, my parents weren't rich enough. So I'm pretty good at maths and physics. I thought, you know what, I'll be an engineer. So I'm working towards that. In terms of the, you know, I might not ever be employed by an F1 team, but in terms of the, you know, the checklist of doing, you know, doing well in your GCSEs and then doing well in your A-levels and then getting to university and being in a good university and, I don't know, gaining experience, doing your first year, your second year, good grades, being on the right course um, and all the rest of it. In terms of the entire, like, timeline i am very close to the end like in theory if i was a better candidate i guess i could have been working as a placement student at an f1 team in september if things you know worked out whatever it is i could be on a grad scheme with in with an f1 team this time next year uh, if not i could do a masters or whatever it's basically i'm within a couple years in it if I wanted to go straight from uni to thing and I get accepted. But it's stories like that that really put me off. And it's the kind of thing where people say, you know, to get more women into the sport, more people of color or whatever it is, or, you know, just being more open and diverse and getting these people and convincing them. I, sure, you could say I was inspired by Lewis and I was inspired by seeing someone like me on the grid and all the rest of it. But when they start pushing the initiatives as well and they try and get, you know, the kids that are in school right now to start taking STEM subjects, they're going to see stuff like this as well. And then they're going to be put off and they're right at the beginning. So you're going to put them off literally as they start. I've been making my way here for years. This was my end goal. And now 
it's just it just puts everyone off. Like I don't know when things like this come out and the reaction isn't strong enough or sufficient or whatever it is you're going to end up pushing people away and then you're just making the problem worse so once again pressure on f1 to actually just improve i feel like they're um the netflix series and all of the uh the attention or whatever it is people focus a lot actually people love focusing on the fans they say like you know the drive to survive fans they're the problem and there's so many new fans and they're all awful and they don't know nothing about the sport and they want to watch because they think the drives are attractive and they don't care about the cars and they don't know about prost versus senna and they don't appreciate anything and all of this and they've made everything toxic in reality i feel like f1 just couldn't handle this new wave of people like they were doing very well with their like 70 year old like old white men watching on tv going to the races not caring about anything and i'll suddenly f1 because it's got this influx of young people they need to start being against this stuff do you know what i mean like if if a girl was harassed a track 20 years ago or whatever which i'm sure happened she wouldn't have been able to say anything and if she did it wouldn't have gotten any attention and then f1 wouldn't have had to do anything about it but now they have a like a they have a responsibility to deal with that and I don't think they can handle that. So I think the real problem with Drive to Survive is my F1 from a distance looked like a looked like a seven. Like from across the room, from a distance, it with like, you know, the right lighting and stuff, F1 looked great. And then you walk up and you approach F1. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna personify it too hard. But you walk up, look F1 in the eye. <laughs> in the eyes and it's a three i'm sorry it's a three she's a 10 but let's racism slide let's sexual harassment slide let's all of this stuff slide i don't know i don't know that's all i've got to say to be honest i feel like not a lot can be done right now especially with the management we have in place right now so it's up to them to either do better or we just have to wait for them to get bored but I feel like with the amount of money they're going to be making now, they're not going to be leaving anytime soon. Um, speaking of appearances, I've had my braces taken off. Just thought I'd slip that in there. Also, I've got my hair tied up, so I look like a palm tree. So if you're on the audio, you might as well just hop over to the YouTube video purely for that. This is... <laughs> Yusuf would never have let that go before. But it's going to have to slip in. I know he's... Hopefully he's watching this and he sends me a message about how on my sound right now um yeah man let's just get into the race to be honest um all right so first of all it was a sprint race weekend which to the new people will mean nothing to the old fans it will mean nothing and in general it just added nothing to the entire weekend like i'm pretty sure I think in terms of the the points positions i can check now i think the top like five or something or the top seven at one point hadn't even changed yeah here we go hadn't even changed positions so we've got sprint grid sorry if russell off on that i'm just gonna check okay so perez overtook basically everyone so lewis 
Lewis moved up. Alonso obviously got pushed down. Lewis moved up behind Magnussen. So Lewis overtook one person on the road and Perez overtook uh, up to fifth. Other than that, nothing changed. So no matter the... Sure, the Ferraris had a little battle at the start, whatever it is, but essentially it did nothing. And in terms of entertainment, it also did nothing. So personally, I don't see the point. Um, even the commentators, actually, I'm pretty sure... Um, Crofty is for taking it out of the championship and I completely agree with that. I feel like the sprints should be made their own separate championship because then you can do whatever you want with them. If you want to shove the drivers in equal cars somehow, go for it. If you want to reverse the grids, go for it. If you want to do something stupid with the points positions or have some weird random trophy made by some unknown artist as winner of the thing and then have some stupid ceremony in a country no one's ever heard of just to sell expensive tickets. You know what? Like do whatever you want, but don't mess with the actual main championship because it it just doesn't do anything. Because the problem is you can't to bring entertainment. You want to be out there and you want to reverse the grids and you want to do something stupid and you want to change up the order. But then you're ruining the the pure essence of drive the car fast and win the race, which is what we're all here for. So. If you just take it out of the championship, you can do whatever you want. You have all the freedom in the world. And no one can complain because it's it's separate. Do you know? So I feel like that's what should happen. I would be for it. Um I don't know, it'd just be more interesting to see. Like if if F1's trying to be bold and out there or whatever it is and bring entertainment to people, like do it. I'm pretty sure at that point you'd have tracks fighting over having the sprint because like if you try and sell the drivers in equal cars, which is just a random idea, which I'm sure they could do. People would be dying to watch that live. Same with reverse grids, maybe not as much, but still, it would be worth going to. You're not going to be like, oh, okay, which race should I go to? Which, you know, I'm going to drop a couple hundred pounds, an expensive holiday's worth of money to go watch an F1 race. Do I go to Austria with its beautiful mountains and whatever it is, or Belgium with its beautiful scenery, equally great tracks, historic, um, lively crowds, blah, 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 whatever it is. Oh, wait, Austria's got a sprint race. Guess I'm going to go there. That's the deal breaker for me. Yeah, that's that's what's tipped over the edge. No one's saying that. So, I don't know. I'd say take out the championship. It just makes things more interesting. And then, you know, you can try and prove if you have some creativity. I'm sure the, uh, the bosses of F1 are extremely creative with their... Uh, brand new ideas all known to be very fresh fresh people um what do we have so even before the sprint because you know i'm just not going to talk about it basically nothing happened qualifying mercedes i can talk about mercedes for as long as i want right now i might just have to slip use of the p45 or whatever that document is so i can waffle about mercedes or maybe it's just more enjoyable to to say it to him because it burns him inside. Um, Mercedes were actually quick. Austria is normally a track they're horrific at, and suddenly they come out and they have the best qualifying car they've had all year. No clue what happened, don't know where that came from, but they ended up both binning it into the wall anyway. So uh, it's annoying. I feel like Lewis could have been easily P2, 
maybe slapped it on pole at some point, but it was it was looking like a P2 or three at the very least. And he went and ruined it. George did as well. Is that a coincidence? Is it something to do with a car? Did was it just driver error? I guess we'll never know. Um Mercedes did actually put out they uh they put out a video um about it's like a Q&A and then they do questions about strategy and stuff. They might have answered it on there. I can't be bothered to check. Maybe I'll watch it while I'm editing this. So if you want the answer to that question, check the comments or something. I might put it in the description. I might not have done. I'm by myself. OK, I'm doing I'm editing it all and stuff. Normally me and you have split the workload, so allow me. Um, but yeah, other than that, to be honest, I think that was about all I took from qualifying. The main one was um, actually no. So Alpine, just as a quick side note, are very quickly securing themselves into that um, fourth fastest car slot. The McLarens and you know the Hasses and all the rest of them, they're a bit. Their pace seems to jump around from race to race, track to track. Uh, they can definitely be faster than Alpine on their day, but it's looking like Alpine are look a bit more consistent. Uh, and in terms of pace wise, I would say they're looking like the fourth fastest car, which puts them in a good position. It's quite hard to break into the top three, but it's enough to convince Alonso probably to stay for a couple more years. Uh, Ocon isn't doing too badly himself, so maybe they'll just continue with that. Um, yeah, Daniel Ricciardo must be. I mean, to be fair, even if he was in the Alpine, I bet he'd be doing much damage. So tough for him. And then the top three under attempt, which was quite surprising to see, but good stuff nonetheless. Uh, and then we just, I just, we just go straight into the race. To be honest. Best performance because, okay, well, you know what? First thing, before we even mention drivers, the 2022 regulations, specifically the aero ones, have to get a mention because that was incredible. There's this one battle I saw, uh, which I'm sure they're clipping and posting everywhere now, where, oh, I wish I remembered who it was, but I believe the two Hasses were involved. There might have been the McLaren. There might have been an Alpine. I honestly have no memory of what happened but basically two cars became five it became a five car oh wait no i think i found it i go on backwards or forwards where is it yes is that an alpha as well yeah alpha romeo mclaren there it is found them right we have who is this norris alonso magnuson schumacher and joe a five-car battle. I just named five cars that were sharing the track together in one picture, swapping positions. Now, as much as you know, the new regulations were meant to fix racing and all of this stuff. Since 2019, surprisingly, the individual races have actually been quite good. Lewis definitely walked away with the championship in 2019. He did the same in 2020. But if you look at the individual races from those years, I'm pretty sure most of them were very solid. And they had some significant things that happened or there was some sort of entertainment or there might have been a battle for the win or whatever it is, even if Lewis ended up on top or whatever it is. There was some good entertainment there. And with this, so if you've been watching over those past few years since 2019, it might seem slightly surprising to you, but I don't think you fully understand. 
that there were five cars in that battle. Like, I grew up on the Sebastian Vettel era where the guy would win by 20 seconds after taking four extra pit stops. Like, and then the Mercedes dominance of 2014 to, we'll say, 16, before they started battling Ferrari, where they would go out and just be a second a lot faster than everyone else. And sure, you know, Lewis and Nico would battle a bit, but no one else was in the conversation. Five cars is incredible. So, honestly, it's it's very significant. And, like, we need to appreciate what's happening right now because it, it might become the norm, but we shouldn't get, like, used to it, if that makes sense. Because I think very easily people will get used to it and then start thinking it's boring if this doesn't happen. Like, this is a very rare occurrence. So, yeah, just worth noting that. Um... But in terms of driver best performance, okay. It's very hard to take it away from Charles Leclerc. Obviously, the guy won, so it's, you know, you can just name him like that. But to overtake Max Verstappen three times in front of his home crowd, which isn't his home crowd, and then manage the issues at the end, I think it's a very solid drive from him, to be honest. And he had to dust his teammate as well at the beginning, make sure they weren't fighting too much. So overall, like it's a it's a solid drive from him. He's done a very good job. Once again, as much as Max looked like he gave up at some point, and the Ferrari definitely had the pace on him, the fact he overtook him three times on track, like the fact Ferrari had the confidence to say we can hit this many laps later or do whatever it is or just shove him out behind Verstappen, it doesn't matter because we're going to get past him anyway. That's a powerful statement, and I think that's important, especially with the um with the issue we had at the end to manage that too it's there's a good performance from him um lewis again he's got to get a mansion uh three podiums in a row the guy is he's here he's about it and mercedes in general actually after george um punted perez took the penalty and then came back it's a solid drive from him mercedes have come away with a lot of points now because if Charles gets both Ferrari and Red Bull had both car retire, uh, one car retire, they came third and fourth. I'm pretty sure that's what 15 and 12. So that's 27. That's more. So Mercedes has once again come away with the most points. I'm not going to talk too much, and obviously they've only gained two on Ferrari. But like strictly constructor standings, I actually think uh, I think I saw a post somewhere that they have got more points than Ferrari in the past five races. It's not by a lot, so they're not gaining by loads, but if this is them in their struggling times and they're, you know, the Mercedes are in the pits of hell right now and they're struggling, I'll take it personally. I'll definitely take it. Because last time I checked when Ferrari was struggling, they were sixth in the championship. So and that was like two years long. I mean one year and then the other year they came like third by it. Well, they scraped third on the last race. So, you know what? I will take what's going on right now. Um, yeah. I guess other than that, Mick Schumacher has to get a mention for sick. The guy's doing pretty well. Someone said he like he looked at his uh, he took a DNA test, looked at his twenty three and me, and then uh, remembered he's German, son son of Michael Schumacher, and the guy's just remembered he's meant to be good. So. I don't know, something happened, something clicked in his head because in the past, what, since Silverstone, he's 
He's battled Max. Obviously, Max had the damaged car, but still. He's battled Lewis in the sprint race with some very quality defending, actually. Um, and now he's gone and finished sixth. So things are looking good for Mick Schumacher, just as we were talking about how he might end up losing this seat. He's put in some notable performances, and this is exactly what I was saying, where he would need this kind of thing on his CV. So when he walks into that meeting, he can go, I got a P6. Doesn't matter how, doesn't matter who retired, it doesn't matter where it was, where his teammate was, he can say he got a P6. And that's what's important because it's points on the board. So he's going to need a couple more of them and then he'll be easy with that contract for next year, which I don't believe he has at the moment. But he might do. Once again, can't be bothered to fact check. My laptop is in front of my PC keyboard. Um, I think that's enough accolades, to be honest. I doubt I should be handing out anything for people who finished. Uh, yeah. In terms of worst performance, it's got to be the fans. I mean, I've already mentioned this all at the beginning, but something I actually did forget to say. One thing I'm extremely tired of hearing is Max fans this, Lewis fans that, which fans were doing what and what's going on and all of this. Now, I've seen some horrific things from Max fans this weekend because obviously the majority of the people that were at Austria were Max fans. And I've seen some videos of people burning Mercedes merch. They have like, fuck Lewis on t-shirts. Like it's, it's weird, but the problem is if we, if people constantly call out people for whatever it is and then attach the fact that they're a fan of someone to that, I'm sure if we took person by person, analysed everyone or whatever it is, naturally some fan base is going to turn out worse than the others. And there's going to be a ranking of the better fan base. But realistically, that can't happen. Like, there's no way you can take everyone on earth, figure out who's a fan of who, and then figure out who's objectively worse, and then suddenly have your tier list of the worst fans ranked. Like, you have you know, Lewis and Max fans, and then you have whoever fans, and then turns out Yuki Sonoda fans are like the most harmless people or whatever it is. That doesn't work. So what's the point in bringing up who's fans of who when you're talking about things like this? Like, I'm completely tired of seeing a post about, I don't know, a woman saying that she's been sexually harassed at the track, and then the comments are like, wouldn't expect anything less from Max fans. Who cares? Even if it's them that's causing the problem, whatever it is, that only opens up the responses to be Lewis fans aren't much better. Here's stuff that they've done. And then there's stuff about booing at the track and then this and that, and then situations get compared and it just completely loses the meaning of the conversation because suddenly it's gone from someone opening up about like a situation that happened to them and maybe asking for help, maybe trying to raise, raise awareness, maybe trying to, just open up they've given up a like a part of them it's like you know you've just put out you've just put out something that would make you look vulnerable to the world and it's getting thousands of likes and retweets or whatever it is and now your comment section instead of filled with supportiveness helpful stuff people you know like talking about how they wouldn't accept this or whatever it is i saw someone actually she was um she posted i think she was with her boyfriend or whatever she was trackside and then said she found a spot that seemed like safe in terms of with the people who were around 
and then tweeted where she was to tell people like if you feel unsafe or whatever come to where i am instead of getting comments like that you're getting replies with yeah but 51g yeah but this crash yeah but that crash but why are you booing my driver he might have been hurt and all of this or whatever there's just no point there really is no point you're never going to get the answer to who's got the most toxic fan base so why try and figure it out that's all i gotta say um yeah the oh 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 that was tough let's hope my mic didn't pick that one up um yeah well the ferrari power unit has also got to take a fat loss on this week because it literally blew up it literally like the there was a bulge like the the thing in the side pod actually just it rattled it which is proper weird especially as science was literally just about to overtake verstappen for second which is so annoying because i would have loved to see that happen uh and a ferrari one two was definitely overdue but yes it wasn't meant to be they bottled it once again um it was also the fact it caught fire that was terrifying seeing science trying to get out of the car while it was rolling backwards that's got to be something that gets looked into because how are you going to not be able to stop your car on a hill and get out so now he's got to sit there with his foot on the brake deciding whether he tries to get out of a car that's rolling backwards on fire which will push the flames onto him and then end up with a car on the track or he just sits there in the flames with his foot on the brake waiting waiting for marshals and stuff that can't be on so that definitely gets needs to be looked into also like marshals need to get paid pretty sure we mentioned this a lot of times last year but just putting that out there people were like criticizing them for you know trying to put the thing on or whatever it is or the slow response or not putting the fire out i'm not gonna say what more do you expect but like they really should be paid for what they're doing the guy's running up to a flaming car which is rolling towards a track and the thing itself weighs like 800 kilograms and then because the wedge didn't work he had to like try and stop it himself so the guy's like leaning against the tire as it's like slowly crushing him while it's on fire so listen people are risking their lives the drivers get money for risking their lives the team bosses get money for whatever reason they get money for being ceos i guess everyone at risk is being paid why aren't the marshals getting money i don't get it i could be a ball boy for my local football team and that man would pay me so i don't know why trackside marshals don't get paid um yeah the red bull tired egg tragic how are you gonna get overtaken by a title rival three times in front of your home fans it's embarrassing um underrated drive yeah i mean lando p7 i guess i don't know the problem is people getting underrated drives is mainly just because their car suddenly has pace that weekend so i don't know well played to george for making it back to fourth because i'm pretty sure he was last at some point uh other than that nothing much to say really um mm -mm -mm. right i think i'm gonna have to yeah it's gonna have to be predictions to be honest right how are we doing this unless i've got more stuff to say no i think i'm pretty much done so there's going to be a bit weird because i'm gonna to have to do this without him here some of this stuff we will have to save for the next one
In terms of fantasy, I've once again been baited by practice. Honestly, I, I can't be bothered anymore. I really can't. It's actually tragic. So I am now the fifth, sixth, and seventh pack. I'm now in seventh out of 13 people in our fantasy league. Uh, the description still... The link is, or the code is still in the description, whatever. So if you want to join, join whenever you feel like it. It's not too late to join. Uh, it just makes my position look better. So please go ahead and do that. I came sixth once again, even though, weirdly, I've got 234 points, which I thought was pretty good for this week, but clearly everyone just had a great week. Uh, basically, I got finessed by Perez. Perez really screwed me over there. I feel like I could have got big points from him. Um, who do we have? So Yusuf has extended his lead with his Mega Driver. To be fair, it's only 100, though, in front of the other guy with a Mega Driver. So there's that. Uh, but he did pretty well. 300 and what's that? Yeah, 391 this week. It's tough. It's tough. Now I'm really going to have to be smart about where I use my Mega Driver. Who do we have? Okay, so... It's getting quite close at the top, though. But the people above me didn't do very well. Yeah, it's looking like generally people either had a really good week or a horrible week. But points around uh, all across the board were higher than normal. So, interesting. Clearly, we're getting good at this. And then on to the... Ah, uh, this is going to be tough. Okay, on to the, the previous predictions that we had before. Just to set us up. Uh, the predictions for France, I will do. And then I'll just I'll message him for them or something. Right. Ah, uh, this is going to be... I'm going to have to like keep track of the score. So, as usual, sprint races, we completely ignore their existence. So, we look at the qualifying grid and then look at... Uh, what's it called? We look at qualifying and then look at the race like normal. So, do we have quality top three... Max Charles, ah, oh, he's got it right. Both went with Max and Charles. He went with Science third. I went with Perez, but Perez had an awful qualifying. So, yeah, tough stuff. Very tough stuff. Is that even? Yeah, yeah, it is it's print grid right? Cold. The race, the race results. We both thought Max would win. That's wrong. That's also wrong. I went with Lewis third. By guessing Lewis comes third, I did scrape it. So you do love to see that. You really do. The faith in Lewis Hamilton's worked. I'm sure if we go back to last week, he was laughing at that decision. But what can I say? I'm just really smart. Um. Right. What else do we have here? So, the last one is driver of the day. I actually have no clue who got driver of the day. So, we're going to have to find out. Oh, why can't I? Right, this is actually so annoying. I don't have enough desk space for this. Um. Right. There we go. Formula One. 
So we both put down Max Verstappen. Oh, I mean, I don't know why I'm checking then. It literally just doesn't matter. But out of principle, I'm going to have to look. When was it? Ninth. Oh, my God. It was Mick Schumacher. Yeah, there's no way anyone was getting that. Driver of the day was Mick Schumacher. Fair enough. That leaves. I guess it's all on the DNFs. And the number of DNFs, it was three. So neither of us got it right. Well, I'm pretty sure that means it's even, even though. No, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's even. So nothing happens. I will get my France predictions in now. Uh, I will ask you to for them. The overall score now is 8-5. If we're uh, adding points for getting it equal. I'm going to have to, I might as well just move this. Cool. Right. France. Normally a good track for Mercedes. Good track. It's basically a good track from everyone. It's, it's just flat and boring. So, who could be doing well? I think Merck are going to, uh, I can't see them breaking into the top. I feel like someone could bag a cheeky second. I don't think Merck has come higher than third this whole time. It's going to be tough. I think first things first, you've got to back Max to... I'm going to have to say it's going to be a... Oh, high-speed corners. High-speed corners. A lot of corners. You know what? Charles Leclerc. Where is it? Charles Leclerc. Max Verstappen. Do I just go Carlos Sainz? You know what? I'm going to say, oh, I, I want to go George Russell. I feel like George Russell's going to bag something here. Why do I feel like? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Race results, I feel like Max Verstappen will win. I feel like. Lewis will come second, and I feel like Perez will come third. It's extremely random, but you know what? I'm just going to go for it. France is boring. France has loads of runoff. France is flat. That means, battle-wise, there shouldn't be any DNFs. But, oh, wait, I'm meant to do driver of the day. Mad. I do max, probably. It's just the safest bet at this point. Actually, oh, I could go Perez if I'm imagining some sort of comeback drive. Now I'll go Max. And DNFs. I'm I'm going to have to, I want to play it safe. I want to say like two, maybe three, but we'll, we'll go with two. I think it's going to be a very, you know, small number. And that is it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening if you made it this far. Uh, highly appreciate it. Give us a rating uh, on whatever audio platform you listen to us to on. Uh, if this is on the YouTube, check out the socials and stuff, which will be around the borders of the video. We try and be active on there. Join the conversation. We do like, well, I'm mainly the one on the socials. Give me a reason to be on there. Uh, I try and be on there quite a bit. Uh, we appreciate the interactions and stuff, chatting to people's quite fun, because I guess that's the whole point of this, just talking to people about F1. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. We will be back, hopefully the two of us, uh, 
next week for the French Grand Prix, which could be horrendous, but you know what? It might be entertaining. I think it wasn't too bad last year, so we'll see what happens. And that's that's about it. That's all I've got to say. So we'll see you next week. Goodbye.